like I, this isn't a good podcast topic because these most of the things I want to complain about are things I just kind of have feelings about and don't have any actual evidence to back it up. Okay. For example, 3.4 fluid ounces is the maximum size of a liquid container that you can bring onto a TSA air uh TSA secured airport. Mhm. Why? Because someone wants you to believe that you can't make a bomb out of something that is less than 3.4 fluid ounces. I have to assume. But again, I'm just assuming, and maybe there actually is a limit. Mentalfloss.com But I know it, like, I know what I'm going to find if I start Googling this kind of thing, which is, this is all security theater, and you are not any safer. The feds did testing. Did Hang on, Mentalfloss. Uh, they, they know what's up. Uh... In fact, 3.4 ounces is the maximum amount of liquid that poses little to no risk to travelers. Wow, I feel so much better. And now I don't trust mental floss. There is science behind it. After the feds foiled a plot in 2006, officials tested explosives and determined that 3.4 ounces is the maximum amount. All right, let's see the study. Where is it? Is it published somewhere? Ars Technica Forum, Amazon.com, Question. Oh, that's just what's different between 3.4 ounces and fluid ounces. Um, it makes more sense in metric. A thousand milliliters, I believe. Right. Wait, Which no. tells me... No, it must be a hundred mil... What? No. That can't be right. A thousand milliliters? That'd be a liter. That's way too much. Right. 100.55 milliliters. Oh, yeah, that makes way more sense. Right. <laughs> That's 10 whole centiliters, which tells me that it's definitely 100% arbitrary because it's just 100. It's- they might as well make it 99 cents. <laughs> 99 milliliter cents. However much of this liquid you can buy for a dollar <laughs> would actually make a lot more sense. Because you can buy a lot of water for a dollar, but not very much plastic explosive. Right. (laughs) But if they could figure out what the thing was to figure out what the going rate for it was. Sniff it. (laughs) Christ. (laughs) If you work for the federal government, don't listen to this podcast. 3.4 fluid ounces of chloroform. Sniff it. Sniff it. (laughs) (laughs) is it a clear liquid that doesn't smell like anything it's probably water or a fancy new kind of vodka but like really what's the harm no alcohol smells like alcohol it's really fancy also you can have alcohol on a plane (laughs) (laughs) that's only a little well yeah uh, 3.4 fluid ounces terrorists can have a little (laughs) alcohol (laughs) as a treat Uh, I'm so it, and like it's not like I can't take uh 6.8 fluid ounces and split it into two smaller bottles. Right. Right. So I can fill up a quart, a quart size bag, a quart size Ziploc bag, mm-hmm. and everyone traveling with me can do that too. So like I I can reasonably get a, a family. So I can so maybe four, five quart size bags of that's a gallon of whatever it is you need. Literally. A gallon can do quite a bit of damage, I think. And so anyway, uh, you know what? Fine. Here, here's my main point. I told you I did not uh-huh. want to talk about this. Right. 
But now we're in it, so here we go. Security <laughs> theater, fine. I get that. You want to make people feel safe. But I don't know about you, Zach. But personally, I feel extremely unsafe going through TSA because they detain people for no goddamn reason and with no checks and balances. They can just detain you. Also, the Patriot Act exists, so they can just like, oh, terrorist, Guantanamo for you. Time to get vanished. But I still didn't feel great about it. I still like it turned off all my devices, encrypted everything, and, like, sent a few people a text saying, like, hey, if you don't hear from me in 30 minutes, uh, call my parents to, so they can call a lawyer. I think I'm more likely, like, just statistically speaking, to get detained indefinitely than I am to die in a plane crash. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> but, like, questioned. That's getting up there. What if I say something wrong? <laughs> They're going to listen to all the files on your computer and hear all this anti-American sentiment. No, they won't, because, uh, well, first, I'm inc- I encrypt my watch. Uh, <laughs> uh, so all my devices will be encrypted by the time I get into the airport. Uh, and I will not be bringing my laptop, so they will need a warrant to, to search my actual files. Mm-hmm. And they will not obtain a warrant because there's no probable cause for anything. Probably. Unless I, like, say something like, Yeah, yeah, I was going to hijack this plane as, like, a joke because I'm stupid and nervous. (laughs) You might, though. I might, though. (laughs) Who knows? You might, though. Anxiety is a weird thing. Like, a panic attack will not help my case because I really don't like being told what to do. Hey, Zach. Hey, Sirtis. So, um, a while back, we we talked about um, the the wonderful and awful things of 5G, um, whether or not we should be expanding our 5G infrastructure without knowledge of uh, what's going to happen. Um, but luckily for us, now that we are expanding the 5G infrastructure, um, we are finding out what the problems are. Excellent, isn't it? There's no problems. There's no problems. Um, as long as you don't care about the weather, <laughs> because the 5G will screw up the weather. Oh, I thought the weather was going <laughs> to screw up the 5G. Uh, no, the the five probably also the weather will screw up the 5G. So it's not actually that the 5G will screw up the weather. Probably, um, you know, anything's possible. But actually, what's going to happen is that the 5G is going to screw up our weather forecasting. Okay, so nothing's going to change? Um, well, we'll go from having like a kind of accurate three-day forecast back down to having a kind of accurate two-day forecast, uh, which is Just bad when it comes moment, to things like man. hurricanes. You know, as a Midwesterner, sometimes uh-huh. I forget that uh, water makes weather suck way more. Yeah. Um, and so that's exactly the problem with 5G is that uh, the water hurricanes. is the is the no uh the water is the part uh that's like the the weather you know when we talk about weather we're usually thinking about water um and uh that operates water on a uh 2. Point, uh, nope 23.8 gigahertz frequency that it vibrates at 
I read like four articles and none of them seem to be able to explain what that means. But I'm just for now going to take it as given that water molecules in the air vibrate at uh, 23.8 gigahertz, which means that if we have satellites looking at 23.8 gigahertz, I don't know. Stop looking at me like that. I'm I'm just the messenger. <laughs> like it almost makes sense. Like if you could do like a Doppler kind of thing, but like that doesn't know what. So in science, uh-huh. we, uh, we say things that are almost always false, but like we try, okay. but we try to be like, let's make this as true as possible without making it too complicated. Right. So water molecules vibrating at 28 gigahertz, 23.8, 23.8 gigahertz is, I think it's a less truth than what we would like, but it is probably good enough for most people and probably even the people that are like studying this kind of thing because they know what that actually means and they can use mm-hmm. it as a shorthand. And then t- someone talked to a reporter and that's that, right. that's bad. Don't do that. So anyway, we're looking all around with our satellites for things moving at 23.8 gigahertz because that's um, that's where the water is. And then we can say like, hey, there's a, a lot of 23.8 gigahertz wibbles over there. That's probably uh, wet wet air um (laughs) which is which is all well and good unless the fcc decides for some reason that they want to auction off the 24 gigahertz frequency for somebody to use wait what why uh it's too close no no no. why are they why can't they no we need that for weather because we need to uh expand our 5g infrastructure so we can compete with uh china and south korea who already have 5g and so we gotta have 5g to be cool uh, it's it's like big peer pressure. But does it have to operate at the exact frequency? Like, I know it's not the exact frequency, but it's very, very close to the exact frequency that we use for weather. Right. And that you have to use for weather. It's not like you can just switch frequencies real quick. Hey, water, uh, just quick checking in. Can you start going at like maybe 22 or something? Yeah. You just pass a law. Make mm-hmm. a policy decision. Mm-hmm. We're not exclusionary because we have this thing on our door that says this bank is not exclusionary in their hiring practices. Right. If you make if you make a law, everyone follows it all the time. Mm-hmm. There's no systematic discrimination in the UK because <laughs> exactly. uh, the EU. <laughs> That's what I've been saying. <laughs> So anyway, all the meteorologists were like, hey, that's a problem. And Ajit Pai. Um, I've definitely heard that name before. Yeah. Do you remember everybody was mad about net neutrality? Yes. That's what I know it from. And they were like, hey, Ajit Pai, don't do this. And he was like, what? I can't hear you with these fancy Comcast earplugs that I own. <laughs> um, <laughs> Comcast earplugs are earplugs in which they uh, record all your data but don't let Mm -hmm. you hear any of the things (laughs) it takes three hours to get them out of your ears (laughs) so you might be thinking as i was that uh you might be thinking that um you might be thinking that uh our constant push to be um economically competitive is hurting our ability to understand the world um, and you might be thinking hey wait a minute you just said that south korea and china were doing this and don't they have weather and the answer is yes, they just use different frequencies because 5G does not have to operate on the 24 gigahertz frequency. God. 
like you know why this is happening though right like someone decided it and then was like and then the meteorologists were like hey that's gonna be an issue and mm-hmm. then the person who decided it or the group of the small group of people who decided this were like yeah but like we already kind of decided it so yep and also partially like the 28 gigahertz band is currently for something else part of that's mobile so i don't know what the issue is but uh something else allegedly based on the the one article i read on how south korea is doing with the 5g it's underwhelming and it takes more battery so nobody uses it because it's only in a couple places and when you can use it it takes up more battery so just stick to 4g lte we should destroy like a whole day of weather predictions for places that already have relatively reliable internet and for a technology that's not going to become, uh, you know, some big savior of rural America because you need to put a fucking way station every 300 meters. 4G's max range is 16 kilometers. I, ju- I don't know. I just don't. Ag- I, I don't like people who are like, oh, this is going to save rural America because we, t- we don't have 4G in rural America. How do you think this is going to work? How do you think? Who do you think this is going to benefit? It's going to it's going to help with the rural urban divide. No, they're just going to put the things where there are more people and then they're going to have really fast internet and then rural America's not. That's how it's going to happen. Fun fact, 5G and 4G and 3G all stand for uh the number of thousands of dollars it takes to install a way station. <laughs> Is that accounting for inflation? Uh certainly. Not necessarily this year's inflation, but uh-huh. an inflation. An inflation. A degree of inflation makes that true. <laughs> <laughs> and also, as long as you convert to the Canadian dollar and then back. Um, At different points in the year. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, how all economics should work. <laughs> Probably what's going to happen is that the meteorologists are going to compromise with, uh, like, globally, meteorologists are going to compromise with global people who regulate um, radio communications um, and restrict anything operating on those meteorological bands um, to a lower decibel level. It'd be which... really funny if China sanctioned the U.S. for this. <laughs> or like, we can't get good weather because you're using 5G wrong, so we're going to sanction you. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, we definitely need to get the U.N. involved in this. This is a big deal. <laughs> that is not an easily uh. solved problem. But anyway, because uh, it's going to be uh, limited to a lower decibel level, it's not going to be able to go as long, so you'll have to do it at, like, 100 or 200 meters i'm gonna i'm gonna do some some quick maths okay uh okay so just to give you some context when they talk about um you know this this helping out rural america when you've got uh like the one mile by one mile blocks in rural america that's how they work um yeah each block would need five 5g towers okay so i'm thinking about the place i grew up in most of those blocks are corn. Yeah, but it's got to be internet corn now. It, I just there are maybe ten people on that block, on that mile by mile block, like ten families. Oh, I didn't think about the area. I just thought to get from one corner to the next corner. Oh sh! Oh my god! 
<laughs> what? You're no, you're not even filling in the middle. You're just getting the edges. Right. Oh my god. So that's twenty five, twenty five ish to cover the whole thing. Presumably, it's it's a fitting circles into a square problem at that point, and I don't sure want to do geometry right now. So anyway, if we don't have reliable four G rollout. How how do we expect a legitimate widespread rollout of 5G in any way that is significant and helpful, especially if it uses more battery, more power, um, and more physical sticks? You know, Zach, I'm really glad we're bringing this up on the podcast because I think uh, this issue needs to be like heard by more people. And uh, I, yeah, no, this is our way of keeping the powerful people honest with our podcast. Right. Speak truth to power. Mm-hmm. Is that your winter break goal, to speak truth to power? Uh, no, mine is to uh, find all the 5G way stations near me and destroy them. <laughs> if they're painting them to look like trees, I can probably just run in there with an axe. How many swings of an axe does it take down? Uh, welcome to my new YouTube channel. <laughs> Hashtag team trees. <laughs> But like, just, I, I really, I would love this YouTube channel though. I would watch the shit out of this. It would be me running around with different, like late at night with like, uh, like a camera person, like one camera person, like doing a ca- mm-hmm. kind of a shaky cam kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, just like finding out how many hits of X object one of these 5G way stations can take. It's like mm. iPhone drop tests and whatnot. Like we ah. we covered this uh, iPhone in a block of ice <laughs> and, and dropped it from a hundred meters. We we're gonna see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's that except like, all right, we're gonna find out how many uh, hits with a broadaxe this five <laughs> G way station can take. Like and subscribe. It could be like a partnership with the what's inside guys. How many iPhones can I shoot at this? 5g way station before it breaks oh and then you do a partnership with otterbox and you say like perfect you see with the otterbox case it only took half the iphones to break (laughs) this thing (laughs) (laughs) oh this is gonna be it's be okay so there's a lot of logistical problems with this because like i don't have a car so like i'd have to do it Mm mm-hmm also, Either, it's probably a felony. Well, yeah, definitely. But like, if I'm trying to get away with it, right? I want right. to do it somewhere that's not near my home. Right. Okay. So I would either need to bust there. <laughs> <laughs> or like get an Uber or something. <laughs> Someone with a car can pull off this crime. I cannot. Because mm-hmm. also you'd need to bring a broad axe onto the bus. And I don't think they'd appreciate that. <laughs> Oh, or maybe like uh, those things where they like pour uh, or they get one of those um, like red hot balls of nickel and put it on stuff. Okay. And like see if it can melt through the thing or whatever. Yeah, melt through the 5G way station. Mm-hmm. Uh, hydraulic press. I could bring my hydraulic press oh. on the bus. Oh. Is there like industrial shredder YouTube channels? I'm sure I there is. Imagine. What, uh, what, what other destroying YouTube channels are there? Uh, lipst- <laughs> lipstick destruction. Is that a thing? Yeah, they like melt lipstick. Or you just like take it and you roll it all the way out and then you crush it on the table. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'll, I'll check that out. I just thought of another one. Uh, what happens if you microwave it? Mm-hmm. I don't know how big these wave stations are. Do they fit in a microwave? I have no clue. Okay. Here, Here's the, the, the catch, though. Eventually, mm-hmm. the, eventually, the police are going to catch on, right? 
Right. They're like, someone is destroying 5G way stations. Who's motivated to do that? We got to find uh, means, motive, and opportunity. And means is just owners of broad axes mm-hmm. and red hot balls of nickel. <laughs> uh, so that like kind of narrows it down to pretty much only me. Uh, opportunity. Or in, unless you're just the ringleader and it's uh, a greater crossover event than even Avengers. See, that's what I was getting to. Because eventually they're going to catch on to me and I can't do it anymore. Ah. So I start recruiting other YouTube channels. So I start off with Broadax, and then I try to get the red hot nickel ball nickel guy and the uh, the hydraulic press guy to join in with me. Mm-hmm. We promote each other's channels and stuff, and eventually we have a multimedia empire based solely on destroying five G way stations because apparently it's too much work to not install them, even for the sake of predicting the weather. Vigilante atmospheric scientist. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're gonna start like amping up the security right Mm -hmm. like these things are going to get tougher and tougher like they're gonna have metal shells and guards and stuff and Mm -hmm. we'll just have to keep getting more and more creative and uh eventually the telecoms will run out of money and um i haven't they won't be able to lobby anymore and we can have municipal internet yes (gasps) hell yeah okay i'm behind this i'm behind this they thought it was a prank Uh but no it's a political movement right because then they'll go bankrupt and the government will um, be able to seize their assets somehow. I'm not sure how bankruptcy works. <laughs> I think they just bail them out. I think that's how bankruptcy works. The uh, government bails right. them out. Uh-huh. These okay. 5G towers are too tall to fail. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but then we keep doing that, right? So they keep getting bankrupt. And the government keeps bailing them out because we need, we need phones and we, uh-huh. need, we, we need the internet. Until the government runs out of money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Newsflash. (laughs) There's a billboard on the interstate near my house, and it just has a live update. It's like one of those LED billboards. Don't be creepy. And it never says anything except for the national debt. (laughs) And then sometimes it switches views, and it shows you the national debt divided by each citizen of America. I'm curious. What is that like? Can you give me a ballpark for that number? No, because I look at it and I go, hey, there's the National Debt Board again, and I don't like actually perceive it. So obviously we're at $21 trillion. Obviously. Okay, so debt per citizen is $70,000, but debt per taxpayer is uh, $187,000 at the time of recording. Who bails out the government? I don't think you bail out the government. I think you have a revolution and annul the debts. Yeah, and that is... The ultimate goal of the um, the YouTube channel. Do you have a name? Five Goners. Oh, that's good. Thank you. That's the best I can come up with in 20 seconds. <laughs> I, was, I was also, best I could come up with was five guys, but I think you'd, there's, there's namespace <laughs> pollution there. Five guys? <laughs> um, five horsemen? Just stop. <laughs> we we can move on now. <laughs> uh, happy New Year. My New Year's resolution is to stop. <laughs> a happy New Year. It's a new year, Zach. It's a new day. Are you uh, a new you? Um, eh, like it's it's a minor version update, I think. Okay. Uh, does it include working on your 
uh, winter checklist, your winter break checklist? Uh, that's a great question. Let me see what my winter break checklist is, and I can tell you if I've accidentally done any of those things. <laughs> I've made marginal progress on some of them. For example, the make food aspect of the checklist, I got groceries. That is certainly marginal. That's marginal um, as heck. The clean out my emails, I cleaned out some of the emails. <laughs> uh, but the answer is not quite, because it's it's been like break and there's like the the in between the christmas and the new year and that's like double break (laughs) or it was for me at least okay uh well uh my winter break goals are going swimmingly i um i started this break with 130 podcasts in my queue and Mm -hmm. i now have 162 podcasts in my queue wonderful did you subscribe to a new one nope but that does mean that I've been doing things because I'm not listening to podcasts. Ah, okay, okay. Um, I revised my uh, things to do over winter break checklist since last time we talked. So I was home for a little bit mm-hmm. and I was playing card games with my family. Right. And one of those games was a game called Garbage. Wait, was this a winter goal? It is now. I added it to the list, and then I took it off the list because I finished it. Ah. Can you give me a general layout of how garbage works? Yes. Um, So each player is given 10 cards, and you lay them out face down in front of you uh, so that they have a specific order. So 1 through 10. Mm -hmm. Then the player whose turn it is takes a card from the top of the desk, uh, from the top of the deck, and if it is ace through 10 they place that card that they just drew onto that place in their hand right and then they take the card that was there and look at that and if that one is one through or ace through 10 they put it in another spot Mm -hmm. and they keep going like that until the card in their hand the card that they picked up either has already had that slot filled yeah or is a jack or a queen Kings are wild. Okay. And that's how garbage works. And then okay. you... And then you're... So the goal is to uncover all the cards. And then mm-hmm. when you do that, you go down to nine cards while your opponents stay at ten. Do you reset? Yes. Like everyone resets? Yep. Okay. We redeal, except uh, the winner has one less card. Mm-hmm. And you keep doing that until you don't have any cards left. And that's the winner. Okay. So there's lots of aspects of this game that I found interesting, but... Mostly the statistics regarding, because like in theory, it should be more difficult to get nine cards than ten cards. Okay. But if you have someone with one card and someone else has ten cards, the person with one card almost always wins. Right. That like round, not just overall. Mm -hmm. So I tried to do some like napkin math to try to figure out like what are the odds of winning the whole game if the if you are dealing with let's say two and seven or Mm -hmm. three and four like who who's more likely to win each hand and then overall (laughs) but then i gave up because math is hard right but while because garbage is not a very complicated game i programmed it on a I think it was Swift Playground, mm-hmm. and then I ran 
a couple million games mm-hmm. and collected statistics. Okay. It was really fun, actually, because yeah. like you get the game working, right? And then, mm-hmm. it's, then it's just a matter of like, okay, well, these games don't rely on each other, so I can make it concurrent. So you make it concurrent, but then you got to make it thread safe. You got to make the statistic counting thread safe. Right. Does, I think I would just do a queue, couple queues, and have nobody actually talk to each other, and they just all throw everything into their separate queues. Um, and then all the what do you thread mean safety by just has to be on the queue. So, like, you could have a queue what? of data. Uh, okay, so what does, you said separate, so, each one throws it into their separate queue. What does that mean? Um, sorry, no, there's, so there's a queue of games for threads to do, and then a queue of data for threads to return. Yes, that's basically how I did it. Okay. It wasn't very complicated, but um, the but like figuring out how to represent the data and like what data I actually wanted was fun to figure out, and modeling the game was fun, and this is the kind of thing. And okay, so it took me like five hours overall mm-hmm. to program the game, make the computer play the game, make the computer play the game fast, and then collect statistics. Right. So, the thing is, it's, it made me really happy. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that, uh, spoiler alert for semesterly themes that we're going to be talking about next episode, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the kind of thing that I want my OmniFocus to tell me to do. Yeah. This, this is the kind of, like, whimsical, fun thing that still takes, like, project tracking because like there are different steps and I want to make sure that I get this aspect right and not forget about this aspect. Because mm-hmm. if it's a mistake you've made before, it just feels like, oh, shoot, I just made the same dumb mistake and not like, oh, hey, look at this fun new problem. Yeah, exactly. So OmniFocus, awesome. Mm-hmm. But also like school. That, right. So, so this is the kind of thing I'm talking about when I say the fun things I want to also put in my OmniFocus. Okay. I get that. I respect that. I've been having part of the thing, part of the reason that I haven't made a lot of progress on my things is because they feel too much like tasks, mm-hmm. especially just they like feel big um, and hard to start. So I, I understand what you mean when you say like, I know I'm going to enjoy this, but I don't remember to start it. Yeah. Like every, something else always feels more important or something. And, uh, and obviously there's no due date because this is just like something I want to do on a whim. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just interested in the statistics. <laughs> so yeah. So what were the statistics? Oh, um well, I didn't actually save them. <laughs> so I suppose we could run it again, but Oh no, your CPU's going to die. Uh I could limit it to 5 cores and then use 3 or one for Skype, one for logic, and one for like everything else. Can you just right-click on a process somewhere and say, do it on these cores? Uh, no, I would do that in Swift. I would say, hey, like, limit all, limit this to five cores. Okay, but there's no way to say, like, Skype should happen on core six. No, no, but it takes up 100% of a core all the time. <laughs> not, Thanks, Skype. N- not only when it's, sometimes, sometimes when it's not connected to you. So Skype has to be closed all the time. So people uh-huh. can't just call me, which is probably good anyway. But like, right. I don't know how Skype thinks this works, but you can't just be u- using 100% of a CPU at all times. In the background. In the background for no reason. So anyway, 
there are different statistics for different numbers of players. Okay. If you have one card left and your opponent has two cards left and it's a two-player game, you have an 80% chance of winning-ish. Winning overall. Empirically. Yeah. Just by running, uh, I think, 10 million garbage mm-hmm. games between two players with random cards. Because the nice thing about garbage is that there's no like logic th- for the players. You mm-hmm. just follow the instructions. Right. You don't have to like pick two cards to toss or whatever. Yeah. But so here's the thing. So here's the interesting part, though. One and two are one card apart, but you still have... But uh, like three and four has a 70% chance of the three winning overall. Mm-hmm. Even though there's still just one card apart. Huh. At this point, do you just have a library to draw a random card from a deck? <laughs> no, um, but I, I, uh, I think I have a card class that I just copy and paste. I, I should just make it a framework. I should make a card framework, <laughs> like a card game framework. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, I have um, a card class, a deck class, um, and then like I, I basically just the deck class is essentially just like cards, and then. So it generates 52 cards, or as many as you tell mm-hmm. it to. It generates them in order, and then puts it into an array, and then then Swift has a shuffle function. Mm-hmm. And it just shuffles it around. It doesn't need to be cryptographically secure. It just needs to be random. Right. <laughs> Pseudo-random, as random as cards yeah. typically are. That would be a waste of processing power, and definitely the kind of thing I would do. <laughs> could you, like, get something in from user random? I suppose I could. I'm actually not sure how the shuffle function actually works. Does Mac have a user ran directory? Uh, I know Linux does. And Mac is based off Unix, so probably. Mm-hmm. Mac user. There's something called random.dat. I don't see anything in my minute of scrolling. I was thinking you were going to do a modeling project to figure out how full your garbage would be at any particular point that would also be interesting but i also but then i would need to find a way to track that information laser depth finder okay so we start by cutting holes in the garbage can we shine like 10 lasers through the holes into sensors (laughs) no not like garage door lasers like how long does it take for this thing to go and then bounce back yeah i know but like i know what you're saying but i like my solution better okay so, so you've got garage 10 door layers of garage door layer lasers mm-hmm. and we can collect the, the data with a raspberry pi you could have it on a scale on a wi-fi scale yeah but then i only know how heavy the garbage is not how full it is mm-hmm <laughs> Which is uh, significantly less useful. (laughs) You can set up your OmniFocus so that whenever it reaches the top laser, it adds take out the trash to your OmniFocus. I could do that. In fact, I'm kind of liking this idea. (laughs) Because I use the trash less than everyone else. So like, it is my chore to take out the trash. Mm -hmm. But I don't look at the trash always. So I don't know that it's entirely full and now overflowing because it's giving me a little buzz on my phone like hey trash is full uh-huh. yeah it would just need to interrupt the laser for like more than 30 seconds right yeah because like it has to go through the top layers to get to the bottom the well, trash it could does. be like 
if the top layer is triggered but the lower layers aren't, mm, then it doesn't count. Too. Yeah. See? Perfect. Uh, we call that a life hack. Life hacked. One of the things I wanted to do over winter break mm-hmm. was make a website called offercodes.wiki, which yeah. is a domain that I own now. <laughs> is there anything on it? Nope. Probably the hover default thing. Probably. Something exciting this way comes. Uh, and the basic idea of that is to like basically help people like find advertisements like mm-hmm. offer, co- offer codes uh, from podcasts or whatnot. Um, so that might be like Whole, uh, Whole Foods is sponsoring today's show. And if you type in worrying bugs at checkout, you get mm-hmm. a 30% off of uh, your fancy barista almond milk. Right. But like, I don't need fancy barista almond milk right now. I need it in two weeks, but perhaps, but I delete my podcasts out of my phone as soon as I listen to them. Mm-hmm. I'm not writing down offer codes. Right. Doesn't, but so speaking of, you know, grocery stores. <laughs> doesn't that website already exist? It's like honey or something. Yeah, but that's bad. And not a wiki. Ah, I think it is user ed- editable. Yeah, but it, not, it's, not a, it's not a wiki. And it certainly doesn't use the top-level domain .wiki. Right. Okay. And it's not podcast-specific. I'm, I'm marketing this to podcasts because... Ah, okay. Because I wanted to buy a Casper that I couldn't remember the codes, and I typed in a bunch mm-hmm. of codes that I thought might work, and they didn't work, so I had to go back and listen to something. But then that podcast wasn't going to be sponsored by Casper anymore, so I had to find another podcast that wasn't that podcast, or I'd have to go back into the backlogs, but maybe that offer code wouldn't even work. Mm-hmm. Enter wiki. code APT20 on the wiki and get a free user account. And show your support for Worrying Bugs. Anyway, uh, so yeah, one of those things might be Whole Foods. One, it might be like Trader Joe's also. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, uh, you know, pfft, speaking of Trader Joe's, I was just there. Uh, oh. Crazy enough. I, crazy. Yeah. And they had a thing that, I, that intrigued me. It was almond nog, which claims to be similar to eggnog, but almond milk. Mm -hmm. I was at a different store recently and looking for almond nog because I saw that it was a concept and was unable to locate it. So I'll have to go uh, see if Trader Joe's is still offering almond nog. Well, here's the thing, Zach. Uh, Oh, no. Perhaps that is not what you want to do. Oh, no. Because it is bad. (gasps) I love eggnog it's awesome is this is my mm-hmm. favorite time of year because i can have eggnog yeah hot cold with nutmeg without nutmeg okay these are the ways you can have eggnog <laughs> uh there's there's more and i was like okay yeah great it'll be like eggnog but with almond milk with maybe coca-cola it- without coca-cola <laughs> uh but it's bad it's like it's not thick it's like watery oh. and it it doesn't taste like eggnog. That's not what you want at all. That's not what I want at all. Did you shake it up? I shook it up. I shook it up. It okay. Says, it says to shake it, so I shook it. Uh-huh. I follow instructions. Good. So I figured I'd update our uh, our listeners because while uh, almond, almond and other nut-based milks are becoming more prevalent, mm-hmm. so too are bad versions of things based on nut. Right. Nut milk. Right. Uh, how many stars out of seven? 
two out of seven. Okay. It, it did not disgust me. I would, if it was, if it like, if I had to spit it out, I would give it a zero out of seven. Okay. If it was better than regular eggnog, I would give it seven out of seven. I'm giving it a two out of seven because while it did not disgust me, I did not finish the glass of milk, the glass that I poured because it like, it didn't make me happy. So I just tossed it because it's like, what the heck, what the heck are you going to do with it? You can't like put it in a recipe. It's almond nog. Mm -hmm. Still, maybe you want to try it just to see if you agree with me. And and you would you would locate that at Trader Joe's then to try it? I personally located it at Trader Joe's. Out of seven, almond milk or almond nog was about too good, right? But out of F, how red was it? Jesus. <laughs> Just that. I guess it was kinda creamish colored, so like most of the way so maybe like d or e d red d red or e red okay do you think um you want to put those skills to the test of looking at a color and guessing how red it is (laughs) i'm on this website and i (laughs) this is such a good idea Uh uh-huh but i'm terrible at it i can't do it at all um, so this is hexguess. The URL is hex-guess.glitch.me. Um, and it gives you a color and then you've got to figure out what color it is. So like right now I've got a uh, kind of, it looks like a, a fuchsia would probably be the best way I could describe it. I have a fuchsia too. Hey. Um, so that's going to be more. Kind of red, kind of blue. Not like, Red and so, blue. So, not so much green. So let's do but like, like. Maybe like. Ooh, that was a distance of 3266. I'm just making up hex codes. Uh, We're going to go eight. So this website, it gives you a color and then you've got to say how how much of red, green, and blue there probably is in that color. Um, So I guessed E-E-C-C-E-1. So that would be um, quite a lot of red, a good amount of green and then quite a lot of blue but less blue than red uh, and it turns out that the color that i guessed was like really light pink um so That's much closer than what i got i got like a yellow because i'm stupid <laughs> and i flipped the green in oh the you blue. did too much green um and then you can just click another and just keep going and it just keeps going it does not stop so this one's pretty bright it's like a light green i have like a Um, dark blue kind of indigo maybe probably not much red but i feel like i can see some red in that so that's like a 40 i'm gonna give that a 10 in red i'm gonna give it like 90 50 whoops and then blue is gonna Uh, be like all the blue we're gonna go freaking ff in yes. blue Ooh. okay that was close. much closer I, I got in the same family um i yep mine is bl- like a light blue not really what i wanted i wanted a dark blue uh-huh. i got uh 29 25 distance 2346 dang you're good at this oh ah that's bright pink this is dim it's got a little green in it for sure Zach, this is bad audio this is really right. bad audio. You're right, but it's it's a very entertaining game, and I wasn't sure if there would be any good takes on it. 
Uh, but it looks like the answer is no, at least no audio takes. I think the only way to make this like funny over radio is going to be making fun of each other for not knowing how to use hex codes. Instead of making fun of each other, we can make fun of uh, Milwaukee County. Oh, God. I'm not ready for this. So this is uh, the list of um, all of the city and village logos in Milwaukee. Um, And I think similar to the design trends we've looked at before, we can kind of look through and see if there's um, some things we want to pull out, some some logo recommendations maybe that we would make um, to these places instead. Uh, and it starts at number 19, Hales Corners. That's just words. It's not a logo. It's, it's words, but it's kind of stylistic. Kind I, of. I suppose. Donated by the Lions Club. We serve. Um, so how, if you were thinking about Hales Corners, how would you make their logo? I'm not a graphic designer. I don't know. I can just criticize the stuff. Precisely. Maybe like a square with like... Okay, white square, maybe mm-hmm. perhaps an off-white to make it tasteful. Okay. Uh, red triangles in the corners. Right. Hale's corners in the middle, perhaps in a stylistic font. Like a, like a block text? Yes, not like a script. Kind of thing? Yeah, okay. Yeah, like a sans-serif block thing. I dig it. I was thinking, you remember we were talking about those quarters uh, as part of the design oh, trends. Of course, of course, yeah. And so those quarters, you have four of those not quite touching each other. So they're like, there's like roadways in between the quarters. Sure, sure. And they're like little quarter circles. And then you just put Hale's Corners like underneath it. How do you, oh, like not the Z axis. No, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fox Point? Fox Point, I think it's pretty good. I think it says Fox. I think it says Point. I think 18 is a very low rank for this. It's it's well done. It's gold. There's a Fox. Mm -hmm. I think they were just hating because it's a low res image. See, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Because like that's a nice, it's a nice little emblem for a town, Mm -hmm. you know, like it. Yeah. Roll with the Fox. It gives me like European beer hall vibes. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to 17 River Hills, uh, which looks like a Lithuanian... Bad. Real bad. <laughs> not even trying. Literally not even trying. The text riverhillswisconsin.com is in the logo. Um, I think the concept is pretty good. Probably if you, if you uh, took out all of the text around it and added some color. And make the trees more tree-like. I thought they were rocks. Um, so if they're trees, definitely make them more tree-like. If they're rocks, make them more rock-like. <laughs> and I don't care when you were incorporated. I really don't. Unless I suppose this is for like putting on some letterhead, like as a, as a big stamp to go on some letterhead. In which case, you do not want to say River Hills, Wisconsin, because that undermines the whole I'm sending you a, a physical piece of paper. The, the Wisconsin.com. RiverHillsWisconsin.com. That's an important part of my criticism, is saying the dot-com part. Uh, yeah, that's, that's bad as well. Um, Greenfield? Greenfield. We don't need to do every single one of these. Okay, well, this one is bad. <laughs> so, What's your primary criticism of the city of Greenfield's logo? I just... Okay, you know what? I'm going to just go down the list here. Um, okay, perfect. So just 16 and 15 have the same issue for me. They're okay. Not, they are not, like, the worst thing imaginable, right? 
Mm-hmm. But just pick a font. In the city of yeah. Greenfield, there are one, two. I'm not. I'm not sure if that G counts as a separate one. I think the G counts as a separate one. Okay, so we're gonna call that three. Uh, four for pledge for progress, and I'm pretty sure uh-huh. Wisconsin and Incorporated are different from the city of. I think they might be the same as city of, but not bold. Mm, you might be right. So just four, four fonts. Okay. And Village of Bayside has three words and three fonts. <laughs> I just, it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make it look any nicer. And like, why is Village touching of touching the A in Bayside? Yeah, it's, uh, it's just slightly, slightly cramped. You have so much room, just like, <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of white space in this logo. You don't have to squish all the words together. And the eye is rotated a bit to the left. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, I'm not sure if, I can't tell if that's intentional or not. I don't think so. I hope not. I hope not. Village of Whitefish Bay? Perfect. Deserves to be much higher than 14. Right. That's a good logo. That's a good it's logo. It's got a fish. It's got a bay. Quality. That's a very good logo. 14 is real, way too low. Mm-hmm. It's too bad they don't give like their opinions. They just kind of ranked them. Might be arbitrary. That's uh, possible. Glendale, bad, real bad. Oh, uh, oh yeah. That's one, two, three. <laughs> and then is that a thirty-five in a font, or is it just a squiggle? It might just be a squiggle. Uh, or it might be like hills cu- with a river uh-huh. and a sunrise drawn by a six-year-old. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we all know why it's bad. We don't have to. Uh, <laughs> let's see another interesting one. Greendale. I think. Yeah, Greendale. What? Okay. Um, fine. Emblem. Fine. The emblem's good. Why does it have to be drawn by a six-year-old? Well, you know, I think that's that's an important quality of of logos and flags <laughs> is that it can be drawn by a six-year-old. <laughs> um, I appreciate what that it's the book. The book Zach. <laughs> The words on the book are... On common ground, we stand united. The words are fine, but the way they are written is not... <laughs> on common ground, we stand united. Well, the, I think that's fine. It's it's more the... Like, if you folded up that book, that text is spanning two pages. You're going to lose, like, three letters in the, the book crack. I disagree that the, the, the way the letters are drawn is fine. It's basically illegible. Yeah, you're right. It looks like something did very bad um, ADR. Yes. But they do have the wheel gear thing and the corn teepee um, from the Milwaukee flag. So the, there is that going for them. A little bit of continuity. It says like, hey, we're, you know, it's like having the a tiny UK flag in the corner of your colonized country's flag. Yeah, that's something everyone likes. Zach, wait, don't look at the logo. Don't look at it. Stop looking at it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, you, <laughs> I was waiting for you to give more instructions. Um, how, do you bre- how do you abbreviate Wisconsin? W-I? How do you think that Greendale abbreviated Wisconsin? Oh, maybe in the 30s when they were founded. 1938, we were still November 1st. Three-letter state codes. Unless they have W-I-S-N, in which case it's unacceptable. It's just W-I-S. Okay. okay. <laughs> I feel like for a little bit, that was the standard, was three-letter okay. state codes. I-, I retract my complaint. But I cannot guarantee that. 
In which case, that's kind of weird. West Milwaukee? Too much shading. Uh, yeah. Color or not? Pick one. Moving on. <laughs> cut, cut, cut a hay. Cut a hay. Boring, but it's it could logo. be bad. It could be It's worse. got like the tittle thing. Um, There's no tittle in this. Right, but you could just cut out that C. Uh, and yes, kind of like separate yes. it from the U and have it exist as its own logo separate from the rest yes. of. I enjoy that. Brown deer. That's green and yellow <laughs> Can, moving on <laughs> oh there's an explanation on the wawatosa one uh which i think has lightning bugs in the corners <laughs> i hate the way the wawatosa in the in wawatosa the... <laughs> it's like going on a little ro- roller coaster ride on the ribbon you could just <laughs> make the shield go upwards and not make th- oh god this deserves to be much much lower just for that is that a, there's a little XXX on what I think is a flower sack over there. It's a bag of sex. <laughs> I was thinking poisonous flower or alcohol in a bag. Uh, wh- oh no, it doesn't have a estimated date on it. How are we supposed to know how old this is? <laughs> is, that, well, is that an arrowhead in the I top I think so. Left? Or a pine tree. But it it would be better drawn if it was an arrowhead, so I'm going to assume it's an arrowhead. And, like, random house? Yeah, that's Mr. James Wauwatosa's house. Okay, here's in God an article. In the style of Keep Calm and Carry On. Wauwatosa's official emblem was drawn in 1957 by a nine-year-old girl with a page boy bob and sparkling eyes who won the wide con- a citywide contest for kids. You know what? I like it better already. At least they're admitting that it was drawn by a nine-year-old. An arrowhead in the left. Appropriation. That's one of the tenets of our city. Lower left symbolizes Wauwatosa as a city of homes, while the lower right represents a city of churches. (laughs) The lower right was originally a cross, but has since been changed (laughs) to Uh, the words, in God we trust. I think it would look better if it was a cross, but I understand the hesitancy. Oh, yes. So much more neutral in God we trust. <laughs> and there's just, okay, uh, I'm I'm going to stop railing on this because it was drawn by a nine-year-old. Right. And all of my opinions are invalid. Oak Creek, actually pretty good. That's one of the ones, that's why they did this whole list is because Oak Creek just got theirs redesigned. I like well, let's it. Let's see which other ones got redesigned real quick. Franklin. Uh, West Dallas and South Milwaukee are the other ones. I don't know exactly what Franklin is going for. I don't like that the yellow ribbon goes the other way i think it makes it feel more like an f because if it went the same way it would look like an e i I guess does it look like oh wait but does the shadow yeah no the shadow goes the wrong way oh it's fine it's fine yeah doesn't deserve to be five no but i mean when you're looking at like glendale maybe it does fair but i feel like cut a hay was better than yeah Franklin, there's a little more character to it. Uh, I think Whitefish Bay is, is still number one for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Shorewood. There's a shore, there's a wood. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. And it's like kind of squarish, like kind of squarish. Uh-huh. This looks like a restaurant, number three. Right. Uh, a, a pub, a brew house, a sports team. Could be anything. Except it says city of, but whatever. Well, could be the city of West Alice Brew Pub. South Milwaukee also got their logo recently redone to this one. It's got that German 
shown beam architecture. I like it. It looks nice. Yeah. It, it would make a good stamp mm-hmm. for your letterhead. City of Milwaukee. Doesn't deserve the number one no, spot. No, not even close. This is awful. This is so bad. It's better than Glendale. Sure. But like, but Glendale should be lowered too. I don't know. It, it's certainly not as good as Fox Point. It's a pointing fox. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How do we, can we comment on this article? Yeah, with Facebook. Oh, I can't because my, my computer blocks Facebook for me automatically. Mm. I'll just have to email Mr. Tyler Moss himself and tell him that Milwaukee's logo is too highly rated. But, like, we've got a flag, so that, that's less important. I don't think South Milwaukee has a flag. Not that the official city of Milwaukee flag is good. And now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Netmilk bag, three ninety nine. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. If you want to know what the Nutmilk bag is, or if uh, you feel particularly proud of your upcoming uh, semesterly or yearly theme, or if you think that River Hills actually has the best logo, you can reach out to us. I'm on Twitter at 